Welcome back to another episode of Nothing But Net, presented by Deep Dive Sports. Um, I got Nick and David here, along with Evan, myself hosting here, and uh, we are back here at Nothing But Net, and also the NBA season is back for this year, so um, that's super exciting. We're recording this on November 2nd on Thursday, so it's we've had about a week of games so far, a little bit more, um, but we're today are going to dive in. We all did some preseason predictions in terms of the standings for each conference. Um, and then we decided to average those out between what the three of us had um, and then go by the end, essentially create our nothing but net uh, combined rankings for each conference. So we'll we'll hop right in here. Um, I'll put David on the spot. David, you want to start in the Eastern Conference or the Western Conference? I'll go with the Eastern Conference first. All right, let's do it. Well, we will start on the bottom and work our way up. So um, in terms of our combined rankings, we had at 15th in the conference was the Detroit Pistons. Um, so how we got that ranking is I had them ranked at 13. Nick had them ranked at 14. And David had them ranked at 15 at the bottom. Um, and that's where we averaged out. So um, David, since you kind of had them right at this spot at 15, um, we can start with you on kind of why you had them down there, you know, why you kind of see them being the worst team in the Eastern Conference for this season. Honestly, for me, it was the biggest point was they they're a bunch of rookies and not a whole lot has changed for the team. So I'm expecting them to either be dead last or somewhere around there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Definitely a lot of young players on the team um, this year so can understand your ranking on that there. Nick, did you have anything else you wanted to add um, in terms of your thoughts on the the Pistons? No, I, I agree. I think they're a pretty young team, so maybe last is a little harsh, but just when you kind of put them in that same category as like maybe them, you know, I guess maybe the Magic, the Wizards, the Pacers, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. a lot of younger guys, you know, maybe some vets on those teams, but I don't, I don't know. I just don't see the the Pistons being like crazy competitive this year, but I do think they have a lot of good young talent, and maybe that's a team, um, like we saw what like five seasons ago with like the you know the Nets before they ruined their franchise by trading for <laughs> or getting Kyrie and Kevin Durant, um, where they just had like a really fun season with all those young guys. Like that could possibly be what we see, but I don't know. That's what that's why I had them 14th. I just I just think you're, they're young. They're still developing, and I think it's okay for them to be that low. That'll give them another, you know, lottery pick and give them more talent to to build around. Yeah, I definitely I definitely agree um, on that factor. I did have them a little higher up myself um, at 13, um, and that's just because really for me, I think they had a couple solid pieces. Of course, Kate Cunningham being you know the most solid piece that they have. He was injured and hurt for a lot of last season, so. I think they would have been a little bit better last year um, if, you know, they had him. But he did play um, not for the FIBA team this summer, but he played kind of in the, the practice team against there um, and seemed to do really well on those accounts. You know, he's kind of a, a really good young point guard, can really set up a lot of the young guys on the team. Other guys I like on their team a little bit, um, Jalen Duran, their center. He was a rookie last year. He was one of their only only bright spots last year, but he's a strong defender. He's good in the pick and roll, which, you know, with Kate Cunningham being a good assist guy, I think can really can really help their offense take a next, another leap. Um, and I really also like their their rookie this year, Asar Thompson, 
one of the Thompson twins. Um, so far, it, just from what I've seen in preseason in their first couple games, he's a really, really good defender already, which is definitely kind of rare coming into the league as a rookie and being able to defend, you know, best players on on the opponent on the opposing team. And so I liked uh, I like him a lot. I think he has a lot of potential. I think he's already really strong defensively. I think he, um, you know, has potential offensively. And then, you know, the other thing I like is, you know, the fact that they were able to get a, a solid coach in Monty Williams to come in this offseason, um, signed a huge deal. I think the biggest coaching contract in NBA history, um, you know, and he kind of was able to do this with the Suns a little bit. Of course, they eventually got Chris Paul to come in and, and you know, uh, Kevin Durant and those kind of things. But before that, back in the bubble, remember they had that 8-0 run in the bubble, even though they were kind of so far out that that didn't even qualify for them for the playoffs. Um, but I think he's shown he can work really well with a young team. So I kind of agree with you guys, and I think we all kind of agree. You know, we don't think they're going to be in the playoffs. We don't really even think they're going to be in the play-in. Um, but like you said, Nick, might be a, a strong young team, um, might make some a little bit of you know gradual improvements this year, and maybe a couple of years down the line they can kind of make their push. So that'll put us to to the next team here, um, which the next two actually were tied in terms of our averages, um, but we'll just go up with the order we have them listed here. And so that has us as the 14th seed or tied for the 13th seed with the, with one other team is the Washington Wizards. Um, so I had them down in the 15 spot myself. Nick had him up a bit higher at the at the nine seed, and then David was, had them at the 14 seed. Um, so Nick, as you're kind of a little bit higher on them than the two of us, I'd like to hear kind of your thoughts on them, why you think they might be a little higher up than than David and I have them at least. I had them that high just because I think the amount of veterans they have on the squad is going to help them. I think, you know, Kyle Kuzma isn't, I think Kyle Kuzma has the ability to play close to all-star level, and I think Jordan Poole is going to play at an all-star level this year. Um, I just think because he has to. And with his ability to shoot the ball, I know that he can be hot and cold. I think he's going to have to be a little bit more efficient. But, I mean, what we saw him the other day drop like a crap ton of points, I think, for the second game of the season. So, like, I think that's just what he's going to do. And and I think that's going to put them in a lot of situations to be able to win games. And and like I said, I looked at the bottom of this, um, you know, of the Eastern Conference. And I, I said, like, I think that they could have a better record than the Pistons and the Magic um, and the Pacers. Like, I think that they are maybe a little bit, they're right around, like, maybe – the Bulls um, and the Hornets, maybe the Nets um, caliber type of team right now. So like, I think any of those teams can kind of trade blows. So when I was giving them their wins and losses, I kind of, you know, gave them the edge to some of those teams, but then some of them, I had them split the, the home and away games, you know what I mean? Just to give them that, that record. So a lot of, a lot of them had like 500 records going into it, but no, like I said, I think, I think Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole are really going to be the ones that that push this team um, and propel it maybe maybe into a play-in spot. I think they'll be right around. I had them at nine. I think that they'll be right around that like nine to eleven spot. But nice. And David, um, did you have anything? Whether you agree with Nick to add or disagree with Nick, go ahead. For me, I kind of agree with Nick, but I and understand where he's coming from. For me, it's a matter of whether or not they can come through or come together and pull through. So. <clears throat> I would rather have them predict them as kind of like a low seed and then be genuinely surprised. Yeah, I was kind of on that same page with with you, David, in terms of how I looked at them. I kind of saw them at the very bottom of the conference. 
And not that they don't have good players, like you said, Nick, I think obviously Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole are going to be, you know, the leaders of this team. I think they're they're going to score a good amount between the two of those guys. For me, it just doesn't all quite fit together. Um, they have a lot of younger guys, like um, the recent draft pick, Bilal Kalabali, who was on the same team as Victor Wimpanyama over in France. Um, but he was kind of like a, a, not much was known about him coming into the draft, but has a lot of potential. Um, you know, they still have some of their more recent draft picks, uh, Johnny Davis, Denny Avdia. But for me, it just, they don't, they don't really all, all the pieces don't really fit together for me. Like they have Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma, their two best players are both kind of guys that like to shoot a lot, guys that like to score, not really guys known for, you know, setting up their teammates, playmaking, and they don't really have a lot of guys on the team in general known for defense. So I think that's definitely where they will struggle a little bit, um, you know, but with, with the Wizards, They've always kind of been, I think we've talked about this in previous episodes, they've always kind of been that mediocre type team. They've never really gone into the full depths of, you know, being down at the bottom. So I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe rose up a, a couple spots, but just based on the teams kind of ahead of them, I, I would be surprised if they were to make a, a play and push. But like you said, David, you know, it, it would be interesting to see that and it would be a pleasant surprise. So um, would would be interested to see it. I just don't myself don't see it happening here um but we actually had another team that was tied with the wizards in terms of our our standings here um and that was the orlando magic so i had them at the 10th seed uh nick had them down the 15th seed and david had them at the 13th seed um so for me i guess i can just start off since i kind of had them a little bit higher um I just think they're they're as opposed to the wizard. I think a lot of their young talent does fit really well together. You know, I think they have Paolo Banquero, of course, had a great rookie year last year. He played in um, the World Cup this year and got to be used kind of in different ways, even playing the center position at certain times under Steve Kerr. Really worked a lot on his rebounding. Really worked a lot on his defense. Um, so I think he'll be improved. You know, on that side of the ball, I think he's a really good playmaker. Um, they have Franz Wagner, who I think will be, you know, he has been really consistent these past few years of just a good, you know, pretty good scorer can kind of score from, from anywhere on the court, um, but doesn't always need the ball in his hands. And then I like, you know, some of their, some of their young pieces as well. I think they drafted Jet Howard, um, out of Michigan, I believe, who is known really for his shooting, which I think this team, that's kind of their weak spot. If anything right now is just three point shooting, um, but I, I don't know. I kind of just like their their upside a little bit, um, you know, and, and really I kind of see Paolo making another another big leap kind of with that experience that he had during the the FIBA World Cup this summer. Even though, you know, the United States did not have a successful gold medal run, I think he still got some really good expense. So um, I'll go to you, Nick, since kind of we have a little bit of far apart between 10 and you had them down at 15. So I'd like to hear your thoughts kind of on the on the magic. Yeah, between the Magic and the Pistons, it was just like splitting hairs. Like I think I could have had either of them at 14 or 15. Um, kind of like how David feels about the Wizards. I feel about these teams in like they're young. They're, you know, I don't know if they're in they're not in like a complete rebuild mode, but they're still, you know, gaining talent, gaining young pieces, trying to see how they fit together and win games. Like I think if these teams are better than what we thought, then that's awesome. You know what I mean? I think that they've they've started their ascension, but I just I think that the, the Magic and the Pistons are two teams that'll finish at the bottom of the conference. And um, 
and they'll develop and again they'll get lottery picks and they'll keep trying to build around the guys that they want to build around Cade Cunningham and Paulo Boncaro and in a couple years we'll talk about them being you know towards the top of the conference I think as as you know the Heat and the Knicks maybe kind of fall off with a lot of their guys aging and stuff like that so um but no yeah I just uh I don't know they're young I want them to prove me prove to me that they uh they belong to be in the conversation for you know top half of the teams in, in the East and yeah I think that, definitely true oh, go ahead David and I think that for 11 through 15 it's just a matter of splitting hairs of who goes where really because these I think that this is going to be the exact same over your argument over and over again outside of one that I can plainly see, but we'll get to that eventually. Um, and so, but yeah, 11 through 15, is probably just going to be the exact same argument. Young will wait and see if anything comes to fruition. And uh, if they are higher than expected, then that's great. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And I think um, like you were saying, Nick, I don't know that the magic have, proven it yet that they can kind of take that next step I think for me it's kind of just seeing a bit more of their young guys and kind of projecting out um, but definitely all these teams you know in this area I wouldn't be shocked if any of them kind of moved around in terms of their placement um, one thing though um, that is kind of that's kind of good and this isn't always the case but I kind of like to see is at least all these teams that you know may potentially be down in this area, potentially not making the plan or just being on the edge of the plan. It seems like they're all, you know, they're not all trying to win a championship right now, right? It's not going to be a massive disappointment to any of these teams if they don't make the play. And at least they're all young teams, you know, they're still rebuilding, you know, some of the teams might not, you know, they might have goals to get higher this year, but it, you know, even with the magic, they're still young, their core pieces are still young. And so, you know, it's not the end of the world if they don't make the play in this year and they, you know, end up with another lottery pick next year. Um, so I don't think long term it'll it'll hurt any of these teams, depending on where they they rank out or so. Um, and moving on then to the next team here, um, we have actually the next two were also tied. Um, but we'll discuss one here first, which is the Indiana Pacers. Um, so we would have them essentially tied for the 11th seed here um, with one other team Um, I had them at eight on my rankings Nick you had them at 12 and David you had them at 11 Um, so David I'll give you the floor if there's anything you want to discuss on the Indiana Pacers going into the year this year Um, for me it they haven't been the greatest team in the world uh, pretty much in a while I should say and um, so but that doesn't mean that they can't make it into the playoff tournament. And so I just put them right on the edge uh, of said playoff tournament. So that's where I'm at with the Indiana Pacers, just knowing their recent history and the fact that they haven't been the greatest, but not also the worst. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely true. They haven't really been able to make much, if anything, happen in terms of playoff success since, you know, those Paul George days where they were really battling it out with, with the um, big three heat back in the day. So they're definitely trying to get back to that uh, promised land or at least further into the playoffs like they like they used to make it. But Nick, you had them kind of in a similar range as David here. Um, did you have any anything you wanted to add on the Pacers at all? No, I felt like when I had them there, I just was kind of like disrespecting them just a little bit <laughs> um, personally. But like, I, I don't know. I just... I just kind of felt like there was a couple teams that were better than them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know, but I do I do think that they'll hover right around the play-in. Like if they're not in the play-in, it's not going to be like they're that far out. You know what I mean? Like if they're if they're actually in the 12 spot like I had them, then I think they're a couple games out of the play-in. I don't think that this is a team that is going to be so bad that they're so far out of the play-in. I just had so many teams that were like right around 500 this year. I just think that the East is very like top heavy. I think it's top like four, maybe five teams are just so good. And then everybody else, it's just kind of like a, you know, 52 card pickup. Like who gets picked up first, I think <laughs> is really where we're at in this one. And and for me, I just felt like the Pacers didn't have, you know, the talent that some of the other teams had, even though, uh, oh, who's their center? It's going to buggy that I forget his name. Miles Turner. Yeah, even though Miles Turner said he was a top three center in the league, I know, uh, <laughs> which is, it is what it is, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I think, I think 12 is a good fair spot for right now. And, and maybe they, maybe they surprise us. Who knows? But, and that's kind of how I feel. Like. Yeah, I think, um, and I think this is even more true when we talk about the Western Conference, but um, I think just in general in the NBA right now, there's a lot of parity, which I think is, makes things really fun. You know, Um there's there's been seasons in the past and even though it was fun for us as as Cavaliers fans um that before Steven's season even started it was probably 90% sure that it was going to be Cavaliers Warriors in the playoffs and so it kind of you know on a night to night basis during the regular season it kind of devalued things a little bit but i think across the nba there's a lot of parodies obviously there's teams that are you know higher up in the standings and and in the you know in different tiers than others um, but I think it makes, you know, the regular season a lot more fun, um, you know, having having this kind of parity in the league. So um, but going off of that, I think I think I had the Pacers again a little bit higher just at the at the eighth seed, you know, in the play in tournament. And it's kind of similar to the magic in that I just see, um, you know, a lot of young talent. I've kind of seen their their players like Tyrese Halliburton, um, first and foremost, just kind of improving steadily every year. Um, he was really, really solid last year, um, a really strong scorer and playmaker for them. Um, and they also added some, I feel like, some really good pieces in the offseason. No no huge superstars, but they got Bruce Brown away from the Nuggets. He was a critical part to the Nuggets championship run last year. You know, just kind of that that role player, that guy who knows his role, you know, doesn't try to go outside of that, but just stars in his role, so to speak. And, and one player that I think will be really interesting that they were able to snag this this offseason is Obi Toppin from the Knicks. Um, you know, he's really kind of a, a lob threat type guy, a run and, and gun kind of player. Um, and I think that's kind of how this team wants to play with a y- lot of young players playing really fast. So I think he could have a, you know, a big, bigger impact this season than, you know, when he was on the Knicks, he was kind of behind Julius Randle a lot of the time. But I could really see him, you know, running the court in transition and getting a lot of dunks, a lot of, you know, flashy plays, a lot of highlight plays. Um, and so I think they're just kind of cohesive. And, and like you said, Miles Turner, he may he he certainly, in my opinion, is not a top three center in the league. But, um, you know, you could make the case probably for top six, um, seven, maybe. So and, and he's solid. He's he's a good defensive player and he also can shoot, which is kind of rare for a center. Um, becoming less rare, but rare for a center. Um, and so I think they just have a, a lot of good pieces and they're, they're coaching as well. Rick Carlisle, you know, is experienced. He's been in the league a long time, even won a championship with the Mavericks um, with Dirk back in 2011. 
Um, and so I think they kind of have kind of have the pieces to make to make a little bit of noise. Um, but again, wouldn't be surprised if they really ended up anywhere from the six to 13 range in, in, in all honesty. Uh, we had them tied with with one other team here um, for the 11th seed, and that was the Charlotte Hornets. And this is one, um, you know, especially between Nick and I, that I think we had a big gap in terms of where we had them ranked. So I had them down at, at 14. Nick had them all the way up at the five seed here, and David had them at 12. So Nick, I kind of want to hear your thoughts, kind of hear why you're high on the on the Hornets for this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I just had like a, a weird belief in them. Plus, I, I just think LaMelo Ball is, as long as he stays healthy, he's going to be an all-star this year. I think that he has that capability. He has the scoring ability. I know that his defense may not be where you want it to be right now, but I think he has a scoring ability to put himself in an all-star um, conversation. And then on top of that, like I, I don't know. I'm really excited to watch Brandon Miller. I think he's going to be, I don't know. I, I think he's going to be electric. Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen in anybody's career, but he looks like he is a super serious guy about being, you know, a really good pro basketball player. So we'll just have to see what his development looks like. But I think around LaMelo, it's going to help him out. Um, and they still have like PJ Washington, who I think is a pretty solid player. And, and I think they have a lot of really good role players that fit around um, those three guys. So for me, I just, I felt like LaMelo was going to be the reason that they were up at that five spot as long as he stays healthy. To me, they were kind of in the same boat as like the Atlanta Hawks. Like, um, I don't want to spoil where I had the Hawks, but in a very similar spot for me, you know, they have one dude that's like an all-star caliber guy that you really look at and you're like, okay, this is a guy that could lead the franchise. And then they have, a, a, you know, some really good role players, maybe even fringe all-star guys around him. Um, so I just think that those two teams for me are going to finish around in the same spot. Five might be a little high, but I think that's just because I was anticipating maybe the downfall of a couple other teams. Um, I think that they could easily drop down to that like eight to 10 spot, depending on injuries and depending on play of those other guys. I'm just really anticipating that LaMelo takes another step. Brandon Miller is a big contributor. Um, and PJ Washington's able to take another step and they're able to really put together some wins and and beat up on that lower half of of the East. That's really where I looked at. I thought like I think that they're they have the better player when you look at head to head with the Pistons, the Magic, the Wizards, um, the Pacers. I think they clearly have, you know, the better like if you just take their best player versus their best player, I think Lamelo's better than any of them. Like uh the Bulls, the Nets. Um, I just think that that's where I'm at with them. I just think Lamelo is the better player than than they have on their. It's nice. I well, I don't necessarily agree with your rear ranking. I like you know kind of your your uh, explanation behind it. I think you know for me, just kind of having them on the opposite end of the spectrum, down at down at 14. Um, it's just some something weird is going on over there, and you know in the in the off season, um, you know we. We of course have seen Evan Miles with his, uh, Brian Windhorst. What's going? What on what is going on in Charlotte? No, but <laughs> but really, I mean, we we've seen everything that happened with Miles Bridges last year was out all of last season. Essentially, the NBA essentially said he was came out and said like, okay, he was basically suspended for last season. Um, and then there's more allegations now coming out against him. Um, the they had their their young guy, um, I think Kai Jones, who was on Twitter and, and talking about how, you know, he, he got released, but he was talking about how he wanted to trade, but he like, it was very weird video. It looked like something, you know, maybe was 
you know, going on, um, you know, externally. Um, and so, and so that was really strange. And then I don't know, I just, they have some pieces for sure. LaMelo first and foremost, I think is definitely their best player. I don't know that I'd put him, like you said, above, uh, I would probably put guys like Tyrese Halliburton, you know, above him. Um, that's the first one I think of right now, but LaMelo definitely is a strong player and definitely has the potential. I mean, we've known that for, for however long we've been, we've been <laughs> talking about the ball brothers that, you know, LaMelo has crazy amount of potential, um, a good playmaker, a good shooter. Uh, I think they are going to struggle on the defensive side, which I think is kind of where I, where I see them, you know, kind of falling down a little bit more of it for me too, was kind of, I just had a little bit more belief in some of the teams above them. Um, like the Magic, like the Pistons, just believed in them a little bit more. Um, and I think some of that does also come down to to coaching. Um, you know, the Hornets are coached by Steve Clifford, who, you know, had some okay years with the with the Magic, but I don't know if he's ever gotten out of, like, the first round of the playoffs, which um, I think for this kind of a young team, if they want to make some noise, I think the coaching has to be really on point. Um, so I don't know. I, I think they're going to struggle a little bit, but um, in general, I think, you know, Lamella will, will take some steps forward. Um, also want to give a shout out to Mark Williams, their center. He was a rookie last year. He came on really, really well in the second part of the season, um, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So I think he'll make some strides. Um, uh, like you said, Brandon Miller actually has been really good to start the season so far. Um, I was definitely of the belief before the draft that I liked Scoot a lot more than Brandon Miller, but um, Scoot has really not played well to start the season and Brandon Miller has played really well to start the season. So, you know, it might be that they, you know, that they got the right pick. And, um, for me, I just think like some of these other teams, you know, they get a couple more young guys, they, you know, build to, they grow together as a team. And, and in these next couple of years, I think they can make some more strides. I just don't kind of see it right now for them, but I'll throw it over to you, David. Um, kind of, as you kind of had them at 12, which is right about where we averaged out. So you were kind of right in the middle of the two of our rankings. Um, do you have anything you kind of want to add on, on Charlotte, the Hornets or anything? They definitely could be higher if they stay healthy. Um, just throwing it to Nick's points as to why. Um, so I won't beat the beat around the bush or anything like that. Um, and also it just sounds like the, uh, it could be worse because it sounds like they're the Las Vegas Raiders of the NBA right now. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of a good comparison, I feel like, with it's just like... Like, what? what's everything's going kinda, on? Yeah, everything's kind of going wrong. We don't know why, but they have multiple players that were like, person okay, you know? like um, Is this person so, okay, or is this person going to be thrown in jail? Right, um, right. and I think, yeah, like the Kai Jones and the... Um, or Yeah, and the, and the Chandler uh, Jones sim- situations were very similar, almost, um, and happening kind of at the same time, which... I think that's a very interesting comparison, but at the same time, like it's not like the Raiders are terrible either, you know, with these things going on. So that's interesting. I like that you bring that up. <laughs> we'll see if it ends up for Steve Clifford, like it, like it just did for Josh McDaniels. Um, <laughs> hopefully not. Never want to see, you know, never want to ask for, you know, a coach to lose his job. But um, yeah. I do, I do feel like with the Hornets, I feel like maybe, maybe they'll end up like somewhere in the middle. Have them. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. I know right now we have them at you know, maybe, maybe they end up around like that 10 or 11 spot, you know, like I said, maybe five's too high. Maybe I'm just banking on the fact that it takes a giant step. And I think Evan, you're banking on this dysfunction that's, that's going on there. And clearly I think they have an issue in drafting players with low character. 
Mm-hmm. And that's something that as like an organization, they really have to kind of internalize and, and figure that out of why. Um, I think Brandon Miller is a, a really good first um, because, like I said, he, seem, he seems like he has high character. Obviously, we have to get some time to mature within the, the NBA. But I don't know. You know, I, I do. I think five might be a little too high. Maybe 14 is a little too low. Maybe they end up, you know, somewhere more like 11 or something like that. But I don't know. It'd be, this team will probably be my team that I really watch because I feel like they could be really good. But I also agree that they could they could. Really, I think that that would be something where you're like, OK, what do we do now? Because this is a team that has drafted pretty well and has had some really talented guys over that really haven't been. I don't know. Yeah. And an interesting thing to watch with them, too. And I, I think you're right. I think they'll probably come, you know, in the middle of those things. I don't think it'll be complete dysfunction, complete meltdown. Um, and I think, you know, they will we'll definitely see some signs from this team and they'll still be a fun team to watch, you know, especially with with Lamella running the offense. Um, you know, he's an entertaining player to watch. So they'll be enjoyable. But an interesting thing to watch in these next couple of years um, with them is is kind of that draft picks, you know, the past couple of years, they've had some good ones. But before that, um, with Michael Jordan kind of leading the the charge as the owner, they really struck out on a lot of draft picks. And um, he's kind of given up some of his power in terms of, you know, running basketball operations. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see if things improve, if things get worse, um, you know, if they if they stay on the same track, um, you know, we might we might kind of be able to view Michael Jordan's on the front office side of things, um, you know, kind of see where he was, depending on what happens in the next couple of years with with the team. Um, but moving on to the team uh, that we had next in the rankings, which we do have right here at number 10 is um, the Toronto Raptors. Um, so I have them down at 12. Uh, Nick has them at eight and David has them at nine. Um, which kind of averaged out for us to have them at 10. So essentially the last team to make it into the play-in tournament um, is where we have them right here. So um, I I can kind of start on them. I was just a little bit lower on them because last two years ago, they had a really strong season. Um, You know, they, they kind of overperformed. Scotty Barnes was a great, had a great rookie year for them. They were kind of battling it out, um, you know, with the Cavs at the end of the year, kind of for positioning and, and kind of ended up leapfrogging the Cavs a little bit towards the end. Um, and then last year, just something, it just didn't work. Like they had all the same pieces. It just didn't come together. They didn't have a good offense, ended up firing coach, their coach, Nick Nurse, um, and then who ended up, you know, now becoming the, the Sixers head coach. Um and there was a lot of their players by the end of last year that were kind of in trade rumors, most notably Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi. And then they, you know, didn't end up bringing back Fred Van Vliet. Um, and so I, I don't know. I just don't think things are gelling quite right over there. And this is a team that I kind of can see um, if things don't go right. I could actually kind of see them selling off some of those guys like a Scotty Barnes or not a Scotty Barnes. No, they will be keeping him like a Pascal Siakam um, or like an OG Ananobi. And even just watching them in the little bit in the preseason, even through these first couple games, they've tried to do more on offense. They've tried to, you know, kind of have more um, cutting, more running around, more passing, but it just hasn't really been working so far. Um, They've not, you know, they've not played very well, except for last night. They somehow ended up blowing out the Bucks, which is, I don't understand. But other than that, they have not really played well. Um, And I just see they're kind of one of these, one of these teams, which I'll talk about in this team and the next team we talk about that I feel like really just kind of is stuck in the middle 
in, in my opinion. Um, and so I'll, I'll throw it over to you, Nick, if you have any, um, if you agree, if you disagree um, with that on the Raptors. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, for me, the Raptors and, you know, we'll talk about the, the Nets a little bit later, but for me, they're like, like almost the same. You know what I mean, like I'm throw, I'll throw the Wizards in there too. Like, I think that they have some young talent. I think that they have some good veteran players. Um, I think that they have, I don't know. The only thing that the Raptors, like, I'm almost kind of putting them there because I just, I just feel like I don't know what to expect from them, but, but I don't want to, I don't want to put them too low. And I didn't want to put them. I didn't think they deserve to be that high either. Like, I think this is a team when you look at talent wise, like they're just going to muddle around, you know, that eight to 10 spot. And they're really going to be fighting for that, that final couple spots in the play in tournament. Um, obviously like Scotty Barnes is a guy that we have to see if he can develop and become their primary scorer. If he can do that this season, I think that'll help out. But this was like one team that I looked at that I was like, I don't really think they have like a top end like, all-star player. I just think they have like a lot of good, like, um, role players or a lot of good, like a couple good, like low end all-star caliber guys. And I think it really just depends on if Scotty Barnes can take that next step. But I just looked at them. I, I think like cohesive wise, they're not really much different of a team. I know they lost Fred Van Fleet. That's going to hurt. But other than that, I think they kind of kept their their core together. Um, and I don't know. I, I put them at eight because I was like, they'll probably finish around 500, and that'll probably be good enough to put them right in those last couple spots of the play-in. And I just felt that maybe they were a little bit better than uh, than the Wizards and uh, a couple teams. Over. For sure. Anything um, you have to add, David, about the Raptors? I think that, um, well, I agree with Nick. But they kept their core together. I think they've been the more stable front office uh, in the NBA. And so maybe they just saw kind of the writing on the wall that maybe we didn't in uh, firing their head coach. And so they thought, you know what, let's try and find someone different, maybe who can work with this primary core that we want to keep. And but yeah, I I still think that they're a pretty decent team. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. I I. I still think they're decent. I just don't think they're just in that mode where I don't think they have enough to, you know, really compete. And so I feel like they're almost kind of treading water at that, at, at this point, um, which is also how I feel about, about the next team on this list, which is the Chicago Bulls. Um, Nick and I both had them. We agreed on this one at the, at the 11th seed. Um, but David actually had them a bit, a bit higher up. He actually had them as fifth seed in the Eastern conference. So I'll throw it to you, David. Um, you know, since you had a, a different opinion than me and Nick, what do you kind of like about the Bulls um, and why do you kind of see them a bit higher up than than we had them? I think if they're healthy, they can definitely be in the top 10. It, But that's assuming that they're healthy. And I'm willing to admit that injuries can change everything and can change it in a matter of second. So yeah. this is assuming everyone stays relatively healthy and and then that's for majority of the season. Um, and so they've been really good past couple of seasons. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm banking on. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, you know, I kind of, I kind of understand where you're coming from there. Um, Nick, do you want to agree or disagree with, with what David said there? I think this team has the potential to a top seven. Team. I just don't believe that it can be. Unfortunately, I think on paper, you look at, Look at them and you're like, okay, Zach Levine, like bona fide all star, no brainer, right? Like that dude's he's he's good, right? That's that's their best player. Uh, Demar Derozan, not far off, right? He's another guy that you look at, hey, he could be an all star. But like 
for whatever reason, without Lonzo Ball, this team is just it hasn't been successful and they can't they can't be competitive. And I just don't know what it is. I don't know why. I I hope that they can be. Like I I really want them to be able to be in the playoffs. Like I think that, you know, DeRozan and Zach Levine deserve that. I think that they're good enough talents to be in the playoffs. But, you know, I have them at eleven. Like I said before, I think, you know, between them and the Raptors and the Wizards, and we'll talk about the Nets next. I think those are four teams that you look at and you're like, any four of those teams could take the last two spots. I think that that's really where we're at. I think talent wise, you look at the Bulls and you're like, I would take a lot of their talent over those other three teams. But again, they just haven't been able to without Lonzo. So like, I'm just very skeptical on whether or not they can do it. I think I feel the same way that maybe you guys felt about the Hornets, you know, like, hey, they have talent, they have like a really dude, but like something, something's weird there. It's not off. It's not, it's off. It's not working. I mean, so like, that's why I had them at 11. Um, I think they're definitely more talented than like the Pistons and the Magic. Um, and I think that they're definitely a little bit more talented than the Pacers. So I don't know. I, I just, uh, it's just interesting. We'll, we'll have to see what they do. And, and maybe they surprise us. Like, like David has them at fifth. I mean, I, I don't want to say that I can't see them at five, but if they can figure it out, that's not out of the realm of possibilities. I think anything could happen in a long you know season. Yeah, for sure. And I definitely, definitely agree with you. And like the top end talent is there. Like you said, Zach Levine, like that guy is a great player, specifically offensively. He can score with the best of them. You know, same with DeMar DeRozan, although he's getting older, you know, he's still these past couple of seasons been a really good scorer. He's been great in the mid range, which is kind of where his area where he shines. And, you know, we kind of saw we saw success with the team, like you mentioned, when they had Lonzo Ball healthy. Um, when this team first came together with Lonzo Ball, they were a great defensive team. I think they were number one in the East during that season for the beginning part of the season. And ever since he's been hurt, um, things have just fallen. The wheels have kind of fallen off. Um, and unfortunately for them, we already know that Lonzo Ball is not going to play at all this year. They already said he's he's not going to play again this year. Um, and so I, I think for me, I just feel as though they're at the point where, you know, we've They've kind of run it through with this iteration a couple times. They've had some mild success, but nowhere near the top of the Eastern Conference. And I feel like they're kind of at the point where where I think they should blow it up this season. And that's kind of why I have them, you know, outside of that play in mix too, is there's going to be some teams once you get to the trade deadline that are going to be interested in giving you some draft picks for Zach Levine, that are going to be interested in giving you some picks for DeMar DeRozan. DeRozan. Um, you know, even even for a guy like Alex Crusoe, an all-defensive type player, um, I think they've kind of reached their limit of what they can be with this team, especially because, unfortunately, we don't know when or if Lonzo is ever, ever going to be back, um, you know, in the NBA or ever going to be back for the Bulls. I, I hope he, you know, gets well soon, and I hope he's able to, but everything around, around his medical status, it's all been negative news recently. Um, and so, you know, what I'd really like to see for this team, I know there's a lot of um, you know, the Bulls are one of the most popular teams just because of their success back in the 90s. I know they have a lot of fans. I kind of like to see them, you know, blow things up and kind of start start a rebuild and start to acquire some more young talent, um, you know, coming up in these next couple drafts. And, and you know, maybe ship Levine. I can see him being a great fit on a team like the Sixers now without, you know, James Harden. Um, you know, I think DeMar DeRozan. There's always been rumors with him about the Lakers. Maybe they're interested in that now that, you know, the Clippers have have gotten hardened a little bit. So there's going to be some teams that that 
want these guys. And I think for me, I think we've kind of seen the top level of what the Bulls can do. And I don't think it's anywhere near the ultimate goal of, of winning a championship. So that's why I think they should kind of um, blow it up. And I think they they may very well do that by the time we get to the, the trade deadline. Yeah, definitely off topic, though, but you're talking about them trading people away. I think uh, if I'm the Mavs, I'm doing anything I can to get. I think that would not necessarily that he would be a great fit there because I don't think Kyrie and Luca are a great fit together, but I think they're so talented that like they'll figure it out. And I think Zach Levine would do really well with Luca specifically. So like, you know, if Kyrie can just, you're just going to be like, okay, every three possessions, Kyrie's just going to do his ISO shit mm-hmm. and then be done with, and then the rest of us can play actual basketball the rest of the game. <laughs> so like, but like him and Luca together, I think would be a really good combination. I think Luca needs a guy that he can, um, play off of like that that can shoot that can drive that can you know play some defense like I really think that, that might be a good fit I think DeRozan with Miami or the Sixers I was thinking DeRozan with like the Sixers or Miami might be a good fit um, and then uh, hey Los Angeles Lakers go get back go get your boy go get Caruso back Caruso and Austin Reeves playing together on the same team <laughs> is is my ultimate dream <laughs> next to LeBron and then LeBron needs to go out and get a uh, get Kevin Love and then we just got a you know, Kevin Love and then sign Della Dadova. And I think uh I think we'll win a championship with the Lakers. <laughs> there you go. There you I'm have just, it. I'm totally, totally BSing. <laughs> if Dom was here, he'd be blowing a top. So <laughs> No, but I mean Alex Alex Caruso would be would be great with that Lakers team right now. Yeah. I mean, they're already really strong defensively, and we've seen mm-hmm. what what he can do alongside LeBron. They had really good chemistry together, you know. Yeah. And, and he was a big part of that championship team back in the bubble. So um yeah, and so uh, I think kind of along that that middling uh, area that we're in right now kind of leads us to our, our next team, um, who we do have here as the eighth seed, um, which is the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I have them at nine in my rankings. Nick had them down at 10, and David had them at eight. So we were all kind of in the very similar range there. Um, but I'll, I'll throw it over to you, David, for just any thoughts you have on the Nets, um, anything you want to mention on there. Uh, we'll probably agree on a, on a good amount of things, at least by our rankings, but um, kind of want to hear your thoughts on the team. Just uh, an exciting young team that we discussed last season. Definitely can make, now that they got rid of the, uh, well, not now, I should say, when they got rid of the locker room cancer that is Kyrie Irving. Um, and, and and Kevin Durant. Don't forget about Kevin Durant and James Harden. And James Harden, too. Um, now that they got rid of those three big locker room cancers, um, we can actually see what true potential that they have. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. And uh, hope Kyrie Irving uh, does not find this episode because he is, he has not been talked about positively by David and Nick here today, but <laughs> um, definitely agree. It was time for those nets to, to move on. Um, and what I'll say is I kind of feel a little bit different about them than I do about the bulls and the Raptors in that, you know, they're more of a team and similar thoughts to how I feel about, you know, the Pacers and, and the Magic and that they are, you know, a young team. They're a little bit older than those two teams, um, but they have a lot of potential. It's all kind of, you know, still coming together in some ways for them. You know, they have Mikhail Bridges, who really took a good step in terms of scoring the ball last year, kind of being their first scoring option. Although this year it's been Cam Thomas, who hopefully he, you know, <laughs> hopefully he continues to play because he scored, I think, 
I think he's averaging like 30 in these first couple of games of the season. But last year, he had like three straight games where he scored 40 points and then never played again. So <laughs> hopefully he continues to get minutes to see what he can do. Um, they're going to be a really strong defensive team is where I think they're, they, you know, they're going to be where they're going to hang their hat. You know, Mikhail Bridges, a great defender, um, you know, throughout their lineup. Royce O'Neal, a really great defender. Nick Claxton, although he's out right now, he's a good defender. Um, and of course, Ben Simmons, although he's been up and down in his career, he's always been a good defender. Um, and I think that's one thing that'll stay consistent. He's he's uh, shown he looks to be a little bit healthier than he was, whether it's, you know, mentally or, or physically last year. But in these first couple of games this year, you know, he's been spry. He's been running in transition. He's not doesn't seem to be afraid to get fouled anymore, which is, you know, of course, a good sign for them. And he's been passing the ball well. So, um you know, I think their offense at at some points can get a, could probably get a little bit muddy um, and a little bit unclear just because they they don't really have that number one guy you can always go to when things, you know, kind of break down um, like a lot of these teams in the top. But at the same time, um, you know, they have a couple different guys that can do, you know, a couple different things. So I think it'll take them a while to figure out that offense between between the team, but I think they'll always be strong defensively. And I think in the NBA, if you're good, at least, you know, defensively, that'll keep you in a lot of games. So I think they will be in a lot of close games. Um, I just don't know if they have, you know, the firepower to, to pull all those games out to get them any higher than, you know, play in range. But um, what do you have to add um, on the Nets? Not much. This is another team where you look at and you're like, okay, they have some talent. They could, I, I, I think that, they have a little bit better of an ability to maybe squeak into that play-in than maybe like some of the lower-end teams like, you know, the Magic and the Pacers and the Pistons. Um, But I think they're in the same res, like I said before. The Nets, Bulls, Raptors, Pacers, Wizards, I think they're all very similar teams. They all have you no know, guys that you look at and you're like, okay, you could go get us 30 or... Um, is it consistent? Not always, maybe. Um, do you have some good role players? Yeah. Like you talked about the nets. They're really good defensively. I think that's going to help them out how they use Brandon Miller. I have no idea what they're doing with him or what their plan is with him. Like you said, last year, he like had this like Lynn sanity moment for like a week. And then they were like, okay, yeah, you're not going to play. And we were just like, why? Like, this is clearly your most explosive guy. Like wh- what is happening? So I think they really need to answer that question and they, they need to give him the minutes, see what he could, um, I think I feel like I said it's Cam Thompson. Sorry, um, <laughs> I knew what you meant, but <laughs> very, like very very similar guys. Sorry, um, but yeah, I just I don't know. I, I had them there at ten just because I didn't really know what to do with, and I don't know what to do with Ben Simmons. Like all of a sudden he wants to play basketball. I, I just don't I don't understand. I don't really get it. But if we can get like prime Ben Simmons from Philadelphia, like that's a that's a good player. That's an all star mm-hmm. caliber player. Like that's a dude that can you know average eight assists, eight rebounds, and, like, 20 points a night. Like, that's a that that's that's an all-star caliber guy, and that's a guy that you could really run your offense around and and build a team around if it's willing to be that guy again. I, I don't I don't know what happened, but, you know, it almost feels like the, the Kevin Love situation with the Cavs there for a while. It just maybe as, a, as an individual, he really had to do a lot of 
soul searching and personal growth. And, and maybe he's done that. And maybe he's gotten to a point where he can get back to playing the kind of basketball that we know that he can play. And, and I, I don't know, it's just weird. And this team, I just don't know what to do. <laughs> so that's why I felt like 10, just making it in the plan, like sounded like a good spot. I think they, they definitely could drop out of the plan and a couple teams could jump in front of them just depending on. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agreed. I think we're kind of all in the same, the same realm. Um, I don't know why. I just want to, for some reason, want to see Ben Simmons, like you said, back to his former, his former prime. I always like since everything went on with Philly, I kind of had a, a spot, soft spot for him because I feel like, yeah, he deserves a lot of the criticism, but it kind of got piled on him really heavy for for a long time. So um, I'd love to see him be able to to go back to you know prime Ben Simmons. Um, but it, it, it is promising what we've seen at the beginning of the season. Like you said, Nick, it at least looks like he wants to play basketball again, um, which I think, of course, is is the first step um, to getting there. Um, next team we had um, a little bit of uh, in different places, but kind of kind of similar all across the board, which was the Atlanta Hawks. So we had them um, with all of our averages after them out to be the seventh seed. Um, I had them right there at seven. Nick, you had them at six. And David, you had them. A little bit lower down at 10. Um, so I'll throw it to you, David, um, if you want to kind of share your thoughts um, on the Hawks, what you kind of think about them going into the year. Um, and anything else you want to add? I think that this really comes down to um, Trey and his ability to stay healthy and his ability to perform on the court. They are basically just living and dying by the sword of Trey. And that's pretty much it. Once he's yeah. gone off the court, there's not a whole lot to that team. I was proven that, I think it was last season, because I had them much higher. And so, yeah. Hey, you burned David once. He's he's putting you down the rankings a little bit. So nobody proved David wrong here. But uh, no, Nick, what do you want to kind of add to that on the Hawks? I don't, I don't know if I can like disagree. I, I do think there's other guys on that rock, right? I do think that they have some good role players. Um, I don't know because they they had um the center that they traded away was it Clint Capella? Maybe I'm thinking. Yeah, um, their center. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> was it Jakob Pertle? No, no, nah, he I, was on um Spurs and then he's on the Raptors. Oh my now. gosh, why can't I think of his name? They like literally were just trying to trade him forever. I don't understand why I can't remember his name. This is gonna bug me anyway. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yes, I agree that Trey Young is really the catalyst, and that's why I have them in the sixth spot. Um, I almost have them in the sixth spot because I feel like they have to, as an organization, um, they have to be there. Because if they're not mm-hmm. going to be there, then I 100% believe that Trey Young is going to be like, I want out. I, I want out or you need to put the talent around me to do what I got to do. Does he deserve that? I don't know because as good as he is, he has been kind of spotty a little bit, like a little bit inconsistent. I don't think he's been like crazy inconsistent where you're like, this dude is just wishy-washy, but like I do mm-hmm. feel like at times he doesn't show up when you need him to show up. But then sometimes he does, right? You get like ice tray in the playoffs against the Knicks, and like you're like, okay, cool. Like this, this is the dude we need all the time. But you don't always get that. And I think that's um that that's the main problem. But I think I think that six to eight spot is a really comfortable spot for this team. Like I said, I do think that they're talented. I do think that Trey Young is an all-star caliber player. Um, he has a backcourt mate that that I hope is a little bit better this year for him. Um, mm. But like, I don't know. It, it is David is kind of right. Like if Trey Young is injured or he's not a part of this team, 
uh, much this year, then I could see them being like the 15th, you know, seed in yeah. the just because of, I don't know, just of how polarizing they've kind of been over the past couple. Yeah, for sure. If if Trey Young, you know, if something were to happen to him, they could definitely slide down um, the standings. I kind of liked them at this seven spot. Um, of course, I, I do agree in that Trey Young definitely has his moments um, on, on both ends. You know, he has those his moments where we see, man, this guy can score with the best of them um, in the bright lights against the Knicks at Madison Square Garden, bowing in front of everyone you know, that awesome moment from a couple years back. And then he has, you know, some inconsistency. I think that kind of comes a bit with his play style, um, you know, kind of shooting a lot of threes that can, you know, you can be inconsistent with that unless you're really one of the the top, top guys, like a Steph Curry type. Um, and even he has some off nights. So, um, but yeah, I think the one thing that I'm really interested to see with them and why I think they could, you know, do well this season and could even be higher than I have them ranked is, they have a full season now under Quinn Snyder. They brought him in in the middle of the season last year. Um, he's a really strong head coach. You know, he was a coach of those jazz teams um, with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert for so many years that were really at the top of the standings. Um, we can talk about how they did in the playoffs, you know, differently, but at least regular season wise, those teams were really good um, and had really good offenses with a lot of movement, free flowing, which Trey Young isn't really known for. Um, but I think could be really good for him in his game. If he comes into like a Steph Curry where he's running off screens, um, you know, moving all the time, this team could be so good. It's just, is that going to happen? And I, and I don't know. We haven't really seen it yet. So that's kind of why they're still a bit unknown. The the player I was thinking of. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Traded him off to the Jazz basically for nothing. Yes. That that move right there, like, really felt, I don't know. It's, <laughs> that organization just feels like they're – like, again, I think that they have the ability to finish in the top seven, maybe even a little bit higher, depending on what goes on. But I also think they have the they could finish in the bottom. And I I really feel like this is a team that if they don't finish in the top seven and they don't, you know, play well or make it out of the first round, that they really are going to look at themselves and be like, what do we do? We rebuild. Do we go to Trey and be like, are you cool being bad for a couple of years so that we can put some talent around you? Like, what do you want to do? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they do. You know, it's a very interesting yeah. team. This is another team like with the Hornets that I feel like you have a guy that could be a really top end all-star player, maybe even an all-star starter. Um, when we talk about the way that it goes and it really just depends on if they're able to gel well and play well. Um, for me, like the, like I said, the Hawks earlier, I said the Hawks and the Hornets to me were a very similar team where it was, they were very dependent on and whether or not they could stay healthy and perform like they're supposed to be yeah I think that's a good point especially um with what you say about you know what happens if it doesn't work out especially because they gave up a lot to get DeJounte Murray a couple years back you know in the offseason and you know last year was a, definitely a little bit up and down he had a really strong game um, one of these first games I think scored like 38 points or something like that and kind of helped them them take one of these first games early in this year so you know we'll kind of see if you know it becomes more of a two-headed monster than really what it was as more of a one-headed monster last year um, between the two of those guys but yeah if, if they don't succeed this year it's kind of you know it's kind of they'll it's looking at it two ways where yeah Trey Young might say I don't want to be here trade me and you know they might decide hey you know Trey Young he can be electric but maybe he's not exactly the type of guy we want to build around especially with his defensive liabilities um, you know as strong as he is offensively he's one of the worst defenders in the entire league um, 
So, you know, maybe it's maybe it's even the organization saying, you know, we're putting Trey Young on the block to, you know, throw us offers. So it, it's interesting to see what happens if it doesn't work out, you know, for them. And I don't know what their measure of success is. Um, but if they don't hit kind of where their goals are, it'll be interesting to see how they make the changes, you know, to be what they want to be um, in the next. Um, and moving on to uh, probably one of the teams where between the three of us, we were really uh, separated in terms of where we were in terms of our rankings. Um, and so that's the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, and again, want to mention we did record, uh, we did put these rankings into place before the James Harden to the Clippers trade. So, um, you know, our thoughts may have changed a little bit in terms of, of that, but um, we did not have that into account when we put together these rankings. So um, just to throw that out there. But the Sixers, um, I myself, Evan had them at five. Um, Nick had them down at 13. And David had them up at two. So definitely um, some some variation in where we had them in the rankings, uh, which put them averaged out as our sixth seed. Um, so David, I know you had them them up in, uh, in the two spot. Um, what do you kind of think about them? Do you still feel even after trading James Harden that they can be a really strong contender in the East? Oh yeah, I definitely think that they can be a strong contender in the East. I think that a lot of their failures were due to James Harden. Don't get me wrong, a lot of their successes were because of James Harden, but he's more of a locker room cancer, like we mentioned before. So I think that with him gone, they can dedicate to Joel Embiid and build this team, not necessarily build, mold this team more towards having him being the main person. Because uh, I think the team's already there. It's just a matter of having their coach organize them in the way that they need to be. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think, um, you know, I, I really like what you said about James Harden being the reason for a lot of their success, but also in the same time being the reason for some of their failures. And we saw that in their series with the Celtics last year. I think it was game one. I want to say that Joel Embiid was out and we got a, a vintage James Harden performance where he went off for 40 something points and looked like Houston James Harden. Um, and then really after that game didn't, didn't show up too much. Now, neither did Joel Embiid um, so much in that series, but yeah, I think um for me, I, I, I had him right at five, although the trade didn't go through yet. I was, you know, there was we definitely kind of thought that James Harden wasn't going to be on this team. It was a, just a matter of if he was going to go to the Clippers or where he was going to go. Um, so I had them right at five just because I think um, I think they still have the pieces. Of course, Joel Embiid, one of the best players in the league, the MVP last year, extremely strong player on both sides of the ball, offensively, defensively. He's going to score. He's going to play well on defense. Um I'm really excited to see, especially now with, you know, him getting the full point guard duties. I'm excited to see Tyrese Maxey this season. Um, and in the couple games to start the season, he's been really strong for them, um, has been scoring really well and has played the the point guard playmaking duties extremely well. So I'm excited to see how he does alongside kind of him and him and Joel Embiid kind of being the, the two top players on the team. Um and I, I do think that, you know, they're probably going to make some kind of a move uh, before the end of the year, whether it's kind of consolidating some of those guys they got from the Clippers trade, like a KJ Martin, Marcus Morris, um, Batum, Covington, all those guys are on the last year of those contracts. So um, I think that was kind of intentional for them to be able to potentially ship them off at the trade deadline, you know, 
maybe just to for some teams to want to get some money off of their their books a little bit. Um, but of course, they also have have Nick Nurse coming in as a new coach, and so um, I think I've been impressed with what I've seen for them so far in these first couple games. I think it may take them a little bit to really find their footing, which is why I don't see them at you know the top three seed or anything like that. But I think they'll be strong, and I think once playoffs come around, they could they could really be a force to be reckoned with. Um, Nick, I know you had them them lower on, and I know you said you know you made that assumption with the fact that Harden wasn't going to be there. Um, but is there any other reasons or any kind of things you thought for for seeing them down? kind of outside the the playoffs and outside the play-in? Yeah, I mean, I, I just kind of assumed that Harden wasn't even really going to play for them, whether that was he was on the team, he just wasn't playing, or they were going to trade him. I just I just felt like they couldn't keep him there and couldn't let him play. It almost kind of felt like a Ben Simmons situation where they were just like, go, you know what I mean? Like, just mm-hmm. go over there, and then we'll deal with you when we deal with you. Um, And the reason I have them at 13th is just because I looked at the rest of that roster, and like, yeah, I, I guess Tyrese Maxey is, is all right, but unless he takes like a huge step, that's, that's all he is. He's, he's all right. Like he's a really good defensive player, but I don't really think offensively he's super polished. Um, Maybe he could become a, a good point guard and, and run that offense. Maybe him and uh, Joel could, could play well together. I, I know that they're sitting at two and one right now, but I also had them at 13th. I think mainly because I don't see Joel Embiid finishing with the Sixers, whether he's injured or he's on another team. I just, the Sixers to me feel like I get like a weird feeling with them, almost like you get with the Hornets. Like, I don't know why, but they've had so much dysfunction the past three or four seasons. And <laughs> Joel Embiid has been the one bright spot and he's healthy. Like he's healthy, consistently healthy for the first time in his career. And I wonder if they look at him and they go, holy crap, look what Utah got for Rudy Gobert. Do we want to get rid of our MVP player? No. But does he want to sit here and muddle around the end of, you know, the last three spots of the play-in? Like, 13 might be a little low uh, for me. I'll, I'll I'll give you that. Like, I think that they could definitely be a little bit higher than that. But I don't think much higher than 10. I don't think that they're really going to be fighting for, like, anything other than a lower play-in spot even with Joel Embiid playing pretty well, because you look at the rest of that roster, and I just don't know who else there is going to help propel them to wins. I think they have too many veteran guys, too many older guys. I think that's going to lead to too many injuries, and I think Joel Embiid is going to have to play too much and be too much of the focus, and I'm just afraid that that's going to lead to an injury, but I'm also thinking, hey, if at the trade deadline there's a team that you look at and you're like, hey, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, you got a ton of picks ton of young players do you want uh you want shay and and uh maybe who would they have chet Holmgren down there mm-hmm. um you want shay and uh chet Holmgren to play with joel Embiid? that seems like a nice team if i'm the if i'm the oklahoma city oklahoma city thunder i'm like mm, interesting that would be fun uh maybe the utah jazz take all those picks they got for rudy gobert and they go hey uh maybe we'll send uh john collins back in return with some picks a ton of picks and, you know, Mr. Laurie Markkinen and Joel Embiid and Colin Sexton can play together. And, and maybe that's a interesting team there in the West. You know what I mean? I just think I think there's a couple teams that you look at that have a ton of picks and a ton of young players where the Sixers would be like, hey, it's going to be easy to rebuild because we could just get a bunch of picks over the next couple drafts and get a bunch of young players. And Tyrese Maxey can be the guy that 
you know, we either build around or use as a foundational piece to look at. And that's kind of the way I view the 76ers this year was like, in my mind, either they were still going to be successful somehow, which I just don't see how, um, or they were just going to completely bomb. And that was just because either Joel and B doesn't finish the season there, whether he's injured or they trade him before the trade deadline. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I think I just see him, see him up higher. Cause I really just have a strong belief in Tyrese Maxey. I think, um, we were kind of able to see it for a short stretch. Uh, I guess it was last year before, um, you know, Harden ended up getting traded there in, in that in-between time of where they didn't have Ben Simmons. They didn't have Harden. Um, and I was really impressed with them. Um, and so, you know, I kind of see him playing well. I There's definitely a lot of talk out there, like you kind of alluded to, Nick, where, um, you know, with all this dysfunction of the Sixers, at one point does Joel maybe request a trade? Um, you know, and so, of course, if, if that happens, I think that tanks all of this. Um, you know, I think if he requests a trade and they, you know, feel that they have to trade him, I could definitely see him falling, you know, way down in the standings. But I don't think he will for this season because I think they're going to stay afloat. Um, and then this upcoming off season, they have a, a max contract spot, you know, with a lot of those guys they traded for being on the last year, of their contract, they don't have Harden's contract anymore. Um, Tobias Harris, this is his last year of his contract, which is a lot of money. So going into free agency, they're going to have a max contract spot. Now, the free agents for next year are not, you know, it's not the top guys in the league, but they're solid options. Pascal Siakam again, OG and an OB. Um, I think DeMar DeRozan's a free agent. Um, but, but, are those, but are those guys good enough to be like, hey, they make the Sixers championship level team? Like, I know Joel Embiid's good. He's a good player. But unfortunately, like, I don't, I don't think he's Jokic. I think Jokic is the only center in the league that you look at and you're like, you could build a team around him. Mm-hmm. I think that um, Joel Embiid needs a guy who can really be the premier focus of offense on that team, and that's how he gets involved in offense, like, or the guy that can run the team. He needs a guy who can do that. So, like, I think that's what they thought James Harden was going to be able to be. He was going to be able to get him 25 points a night and really get Joel Embiid involved to where it made sense. But obviously Harden didn't want to be there anymore because of Daryl Morey. But I just look at who else are they going to go get, you know, like, and Joel Embiid's what? in his thirties now, not saying that he's going to decline fast, but we're getting to that point now where he might only have like four, three or four more years of like crazy productive. Like he is now before he starts to starts to decline and maybe starts to get injured again. So like, you're really, you really got to look at him and be like, Hey, we appreciate everything, but the process didn't work. It didn't work. I mean, look at where they're at. They have a bunch of guys who are on expiring contracts who are old, who are, realistically they're going to be starting a ton of guys and playing a ton of guys a ton of minutes who are back-end roster guys they're not they're not top-end roster guys and that's what the majority of their roster is at this point other than Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid it's a bunch of overpaid older players who are back-end roster guys and I just don't know if that's it almost kind of feels like it almost feels like the Lakers before the trade deadline line you know what I mean like now Maybe, like you said, at the trade deadline, they could make some moves. Like, they could free up some spots, maybe some guys free up. Um, I, I don't know. I just don't know what they what they do or what they can pull off. And um, I don't know if Daryl Morey's a guy that can get those deals done because James Harden really kind of dragged him through the mud this past off. Yeah, I think, um, like I said, I, I think they will make a move at the, at the trade deadline or before, um, you know, 
I think they could get potentially another star or, or fringe level star to join this team. And I don't know. I just have a strong belief in, in Tyrese Maxey. So I think potentially after this year, I think him Embiid and one of those guys, if they don't make a trade this year from free agency, one of those top guys with a max spot, I, I think it could be enough, or at least it could be their best option at this point. Um, Cause I don't know. You talked about the process and, um, I don't know that they want to go right back into that so quickly. Um, I mean, that was years and years of rebuilding. Um, and I just don't know with especially how those Philly fans are, you know, how fanatic they are, um, how, you know, how uh, criticizing they can be. I don't know if they want to head right back into that. But it really will all depend kind of on Joel Embiid. If, if he does one out, um, then that really changes the narrative of, of everything. So. Um, definitely a lot of different ways the season could go for the Sixers um, have started off relatively strong so far, but of course, very early in the season still. So we'll have to just wait and see how things, how things go for them. It'll be certainly entertaining as it always is, you know, with the Sixers um, for good or, or for bad. Um, the next two teams we did have tied for the fourth seed. Um, and it's two teams that we, that played each other in the playoffs last year in the second round. Um, so we'll talk first about the New York Knicks. Um, I had them up at the fourth seed. Nick had them at seven and David had them at six. Um, and so that averaged them out to be tied for the fourth seed in our rankings here. Um, in terms of kind of why I had them a little bit higher than the other two guys, um, I just have, I just have a, a strong belief in, in what they're building. I think we saw it firsthand as Cavs fans in the playoffs last year. They're just a tough team. They're never going to give up. They're going to crash the offensive boards. They're going to play really tough. They're going to try to out-physical you. And they were really successful um, against the Cavs doing that last year. And I think that kind of mindset is is really going to lend well for them. You know, they're a well-rounded team as well. Um, you know, there's jokes about them being the new Villanova because they have all these Villanova players. But, you know, especially with outside of their top-end talent, um, you know, Josh Hart, Dante DiVincenzo, um, Mitchell Robinson, Quentin Grimes, RJ Barrett, even guys that aren't at the top, like I would say their top player is definitely Jalen Brunson now because of Randall's inconsistencies. They're all just good players. They all play hard. Um, they're all pretty team focused. Um, you know, they're not they're not too selfish. They have good coaching in Tom Thibodeau, and they're just they're just a tough team. And I think during the regular season, you know, especially they're going to, you know, catch some teams like they did the Cavs in the playoffs last year. They're going to catch teams that are not prepared for their physicality that are not prepared for their toughness. You know, if teams are coming off a long road trip, the Knicks are going to be one of the last teams they're going to want to play. Um, and so that's why I think they're going to be a strong contender for this for this next year. And, you know, kind of also just that continuality of continuously building on, you know, what they did in, in the playoffs for last year. Um, Nick. How are your thoughts on the Knicks? Um, <laughs> do you, you know, do you agree with what I'm saying? Do you disagree? I know you had them a little bit lower than I did, um, but all kind of still in the relative relative area here. In the this is a team that always finishes like six or seven. Like I don't think they really finished much higher. I feel like they're always around around that spot. So that's one of the reasons I put them there. But also like Jalen Brunson is their best player, and I like Jalen Brunson, but I don't think like 
I don't think that's a great thing that Jalen Brunson is your best player on your team. Like, I'm not not disrespecting him. Like, I do think he's a good player, but I think when you look at him, you're like, he's your best player. Like, R.J. Barrett should be your best player, and it really missed me that he's not taken that that next step. I think that that's a big concern for me for him. He could do it, obviously, this year, but I just don't I don't, I don't know if he can. He just hasn't. Um, and Julius Randle is probably one of the most inconsistent players in the NBA, like, one moment you're Absolutely like, true. <laughs> you're you're like, okay, you're a, a top five big man in the league. And the other moment you're like, you shouldn't be in the league. So I just don't <laughs> know. I don't know what to do with him. And that, that to me is like, I agree. I think as a team, I think this is probably one of the more well-rounded teams in the Eastern Conference, maybe even in the league. I think they play really good defense. They're gritty. I think they play hard. But again, like Julius Randle's inconsistency, R.J. Barrett's inability to be a superstar, and the fact that Jalen Brunson is your best player on your team, to me is like, it's just concerning, and I just can't put them in the top five of the Eastern Conference right now. Like, I feel like, I almost feel like they're they're just kind of like the Bulls. Like, you look at them and you're like, okay, like, if everybody's playing at their best, you should probably be one of the top teams in the conference, but it doesn't feel like they always do. And it always feels like I said, they muddle around that like six or seven spot, like David and I have them. And, and then they get in the playoffs and they, they do awful stuff like beating the Cavs. Like it just, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it, it's very, it's a very goofy thing or like what a couple of years ago, they, they went on like this, this like weird run and ran into Miami. You know what I mean? Like if they hadn't run into Miami, who knows what they would have been able to do. So you're just, you kind of look at that and you're like, where, what is this team? Where does it go? What do we do with it? Tom Thibodeau's never really been a coach to like push a team past the second round. Um, so I just don't really believe in him as a championship level coach. I believe that he can build a team that plays gritty, build a team that plays really good defense, build a team that is unselfish. I believe that, but I just don't believe in him to build, to build and put a championship caliber team on the floor and I just don't know if I like 100% believe in this roster but I I look at the talent and what it should be and I think that they definitely deserve to maybe squeak right out of that play-in tournament or be like the best in tournament yeah I think in terms of RJ Barrett I I kind of think especially with them bringing in Jalen Brunson I think his time of being the the star player on the team maybe has passed um but I've been impressed with him, you know, as being a top pick, being able to play his role well still. You know, even if you want to see see more from him, I can understand that. But especially in the end of the playoffs last year, you know, once it kind of became clear Jalen Brunson was their guy, he still played really strongly for them the last couple the last couple of games against the Cavs and then the series against the Knicks. So I don't think he'll for me, I just personally think his time has passed of being the star of this team. But if he can, you know, transition into more of a role player and play his role really well. Um, you know, that could still be, it could still be good for his, for his career ultimately. Um, David, you kind of had them in that, that similar area as Nick down at, uh, at six there. Um, what do you want to add or, or discuss with the Knicks? I just want to add that. I think that the team is there. They're just one, maybe one, maybe two different star players. Doesn't have to be a superstar star, star players, um, from actually being successful and actually winning yeah. So that's the main focus that I want to focus on. Nick kind of covered the other reasons why I had him that low. Um, so, yeah. No, I think that's a great point. And I think that's kind of what Knicks fans are really hoping for with this team. We always see 
see Nick fans are again one of the more popular teams in the league. You know, they're always one of the top ones in photoshopping stars into their jerseys. They did it with LeBron back in the day. Um, you know, they did it with Giannis before he resigned. And so I think that's what the, the Knicks are hoping for in that they have a lot of good young talent um, and they're hoping they can make a consolidation move. Um, I'm sure they're hoping, you know, potentially it's Joel Embiid or whoever that next star that may become disgruntled. Um, I think that's ultimately what what they're hoping for. But as of right now, I think they're still just a really strong team that I don't that I don't think personally can can contend for a championship, but will give a lot of teams trouble, um, you know, in the regular season and potentially into the playoffs. Um, another team that I feel is, you know, that is kind of the opposite of that is is the Miami Heat, who we had tied for the fourth seed with the Knicks. Um, I had them at six. Nick had them at four. David had them at seven. Um, I feel like they're kind of the opposite in that we feel they can potentially contend for a championship. We saw them in the finals last year. It's just the regular season. They don't, they don't, whatever it is, they don't go all out. They don't, you know, maybe they're saving themselves for the playoffs, but they haven't really been that top regular season team recently as we saw them battling all the way from the eighth seed up, up into the finals last year. So um, Nick, what did you have? I know you had them at four which was, you know, the highest out of out of the three of us. What are the things you kind of like about this Heat team um, and why you kind of see them getting home court advantage in in the first round of the playoffs here? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I just I feel like this is probably the I do agree. They're another team that you look at and you're like, okay, you just finished like seven through five, but then you made this run to the <laughs> finals. Like how does it um I don't know. I think mainly I have them there because Tyler Hero's coming back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think I, I like Tyler Hero as a player. I think defensively, he obviously have to show in this year. It's going to be tough coming off the injury, so I really think he's going to focus on the offensive side of the ball. I do think they lost a lot of good role players on this team, and that was one where I was like, I kept giving them a bunch of wins, and I was just like, I didn't feel like amazing about it, but I was like, <laughs> I feel like they're going to be in a lot of close, gritty games this year, and I gave them the edge because they win those close gritty games. Like they are, they are the gritty team. They, mm-hmm. um, they do win those games. I think it's going to hurt them when it comes to the playoffs. Cause I think they're going to be burnt out, but I, I don't know. It, it's very interesting for me. Like I could agree with you guys, like six or seven does look like a good spot for them too. Like I think them and the, the Knicks could really finish around the same record. Um, just because like you said, Evan, they don't always really play the best during the regular season, but they just have this great playoff run. So I don't know. I had them at fourth just because I I feel like the past couple of years, they deserve to be in that fourth spot. They they deserve to be given the credit. Um, and I don't know. I'm very interested to see what undrafted rookies or <laughs> G-leaguers they bring <laughs> up this year that can help them contribute for the next couple of years. It, it'll be very interesting. And, and they seem to have a really cool model. Um, the Lakers kind of are doing it too with, you know, we had, Alec, they had Alex Caruso and Austin Reed and um, Taylor Horton Tucker. So like, I feel like a, a lot of these teams are looking at the G league and they're like, okay, like we could pluck some guys from there and get some really good role playing um, from them. So I don't know, it might be a little high, but I I think that, that they, they, they could really realistically finish between that, like, four, and I would be comfortable. Yeah, as you said, they they did lose some some depth in the offseason, of course, with with Max Struess coming over here to Cleveland, which we were happy to see, and and Gabe Vincent going to the Lakers. Um, but like you said, they're they're gonna find somebody in, in kind of whether it's an undrafted, a G leaguer, 
Um, just looking at their roster, one of these guys is going to hit for them, like RJ Hampton or Jamal Kane or Drew Smith, Cole Switter, uh, Hayward Highsmith and Orlando Robinson. One of those guys are just going to hit for some reason or, or two of those guys probably, knowing them. Um, even Nikola Jovic had a strong, um, I believe he was in the finals, maybe won the finals of the FIBA World Cup. Um, so some of these guys are going to are going to come to play. Um, like you said, I kind of just felt like for me in terms of regular season, I think they're kind of saving themselves to the playoffs. And I think they saw last year they can be successful doing that. You know, they can be successful even if they don't have a, a top seed still making their way through. So I don't know if I was ranking them kind of playoff wise, I definitely have them probably three or four. Um, but I think just for regular season, they'll be, they'll be a little bit lower. But um, David, what did you what did you want to add on the heat? I know you had them at, at seven kind of around where I did. Um, what were your kind of thoughts on that? I was actually in the same boat, so I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to reiterate the exact same. There you go. We're on the same wavelength for this one. Um, then we'll move up into, you know, we've gotten to the top three now of the of the Eastern Conference. Um, and we'll start with a little uh, uh, home cook in here for us with with the Cleveland Cavaliers, who is next on our list. Um, we had them as the three seed collectively um, in our rankings. I had them right at three. Nick, you also had them right at three. David, you had them at four. So we are all very similar on them. Um, you know, I think with them, it all comes down to kind of those off-season additions in terms of adding more more spacing, right? Um, that was something that the Knicks really hurt them with and that they just weren't guarding Isaac Okoro, Jetty Osman, Dean Wade, Lamar Stevens, any of those guys from three because they didn't feel like they were threatened. And so it all fell on, you know, Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, Mobley and Allen to some extent to score their points. But now um, Struess has been strong to start the year. Um, Dean Wade has kind of returned to form a little bit. He got after his injury last year, he was really rough shooting the ball. He shot the ball well to start out with this year. Um, and I think they've they've one big no, uh, difference that I've noticed offensively, too, which I'm excited about is they've really ramped up their pace. Last year, if you watch the Cavs and, you know, the numbers showed this in terms of their pace rating. They were just bringing the ball up, just slowly walking it up every time up the floor. Um, and it, they wouldn't really get into their sets until like 12 seconds, 10 seconds left on the shot clock. And it was almost all their shots were like towards the end of the shot clock. Now they're really trying to get out in transition, really trying to run, um, which, you know, Donovan Mitchell is one of the best transition players I feel like out there. He's super fast. You know, he makes the right decisions. Darius Garland, although hasn't played much this year with some injuries, um, you know, can make those right decisions. So I'm excited to see them push, push in transition a little bit more. It'll be interesting to see if they can still keep their, you know, defensive identity. Like last year, they were the top defense defense in the league. I don't know that they'll repeat that, but if they can keep a strong defense with these upgrades, you know, that potentially hopefully will hit on the offensive side of the ball. I think the three seed is definitely fair for them. And I think, you know, at least making it to the second round of the playoffs kind of should be the goal and should be the expectation. Um, Nick, what did you, what do you think about the Cavs, some of their offseason moves? Where do you kind of see them uh, falling in line here? Well, a lot of the stuff you said, I think is, is relevant. I do like the pace. Um, I, I just keep going back to them not having a, a solid like winger is really, really, I think what hurts this team. I think, the Donovan Mitchell trade is awesome, and I, I love Donovan Mitchell as a player. I think he's a bona fide superstar, and that's something that we're missing. But 
I don't think he fills the role that this team needs. Like, I don't think that Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, or Jared Allen needed another guard. I think that they need another, they needed a, a wing. Um, and I just, I look around the league and I think like a guy like Zach Levine would fit really well with this team. Another guy who can be like a, a you know, I don't know if I would call him a superstar, but he could definitely be like a top end all-star talent player. And when you put him aside, Darius Garland and Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, like I think that this team would be still be right around where it's at, but I think it would give them a better chance of beating teams like Milwaukee or teams like Boston. I just, I don't know if like, I don't think that they have the ability to really slow down or stop Giannis. I think it's really going to be on the development of Evan Mobley and if Jared Allen mm-hmm. is healthy and Jared Allen's health has really been kind of a question towards the end of last year and the beginning of this year. Um, and I just don't know if they can really get over the hump of the Celtics because I don't know if they have a guy that could stop. Jared. Now, Jason Tatum is very inconsistent in the playoffs, but again, I don't know if they have a guy that has the ability to stop him. Um, and when you tandem him with Porzingis, that's just, I don't know, it's just really tough. And now that they have Drew Holiday, who's probably one of the better guard defenders in the league like he's probably gonna be able to not lock Donovan Mitchell down but slow him down enough to where other guys are gonna have to contribute if they get into a series with them and I just don't know again I I just don't know where they go so I think this is a team that is a top three talented team in the east um like the Atlanta Hawks I think they have to be in the three spot I think this team has to perform this way I think this team has to be this good if it's not this good then in the offseason I think we're going to see a lot of change. I think this organization is going to look at the roster and they're going to pick two guys and they're going to be like, you're our two guys. And then you're going to see some people on the move. You'll see, like, I think if they do not have the success that they know that they can have, if they do not make it at least to the second round this year, I really think that we'll see Jared Allen on the move. And I think we might see Donovan Mitchell on them, um, depending on how well Darius Garland plays. And I think that both of those guys will go out and I don't know who they bring in. I don't know if they bring in picks and try to build young around Mobley and Darius Garland, or if they try to get talent back in return. But I really think that this is the prove it year for Cavs team. Um, And they really got to play and they have to play deep in the playoffs. I, I know that they haven't done it, but like they have to, I don't, I don't know. It, it does seem like kind of a make or break year for this iteration of the rock. It definitely does. And while they still have young pieces, I think I think you're right in that, you know, they moved a lot to get Donovan Mitchell. Of course, he's been awesome for the team. But, you know, if they don't make it past the first round this year, I think they got to make some some minor minor shifts and just being with their young guys. It, it, it probably would be Allen and it probably would be Mitchell that would be on the move because um, I think they have a lot of belief in, in Mobley and in Garland um, in terms of, you know, their young prospects. Um and David, I know you had him at fourth, which is, you know, just one spot below the two of us. But anything else you wanted to add on on the Cavs? I think that, yeah, I think the team's there to do well. But I agree with Nick that if they don't do anything at all um, in terms of the playoffs, then, yeah, we're going to see um, a selling like a, um, a fire sale. That's what that's the word I was looking for. A fire sale of the team, basically. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's definitely a prove it year um, and it'll be definitely a fun one to watch. They've been decimated with injuries early on in the season so far. So hopefully that trend does not continue um, and we can still really see them at full strength because I think they'll be a really good team once they get back to strength. Uh, another really good team is, you know, the Boston Celtics, who we have as, as our 
collective number two seed here. I had them bright at there at number two. Nick had them as the top team in the East at the number one seed in his rankings, and David had them at three. Um, so Nick, I know you talked about the Boston Celtics a little bit in your last answer with the Cavs, but um, kind of want to hear more about your belief in them, why you think they'll kind of be the top team in the East, uh, at least in the regular season so far. Yeah, I think uh, I think that this is probably the best starting um i don't want to disrespect the nuggets i think they're very but when you look at the celtics the combination of jason tatum and jalen brown on paper i don't know if there is a better combination other than maybe and um dejounte murray right now so or jamal murray sorry um so i just don't know on paper at least right like performance wise Mm -hmm. we've seen differently at times but on paper wise i don't know if there's a better combination and when you add drew holiday to the mix that's what really kind of propelled me to this spot because Drew Holiday has been there, done that, right? He's been there to he's been to the finals, he's won the finals, he's played next to a guy like Giannis. He knows how to get a big man involved, like um Christoph Porzingis. And Christoph Porzingis is playing like the unicorn they said he would be <laughs> to start the season, which is very interesting. Um, I, I don't know. And honestly, like Christoph's in Washington quietly was not bad. Like he, he was, was good. Yeah, he was. I think he was very serviceable for them, and he was clearly like probably their best player on the team when he was down there. So I think him next to those three guys like is allowing him to to flourish. You know, and I don't know. I look at this team, and and even with like Derek White, like Derek White could quietly because he doesn't have to be a focal point. And mm-hmm. at times, I feel like he's gonna be able to go off and do his thing and. And I don't know, I just, I view this team as like defensively, I think they're going to be like top 10 in the league. And I think offensively, they're going to be one of the better offensive teams in the league, like maybe top three, top four in the league. So I think combination wise, that's really going to, to, uh, to bode well for them. And again, name, uh, name a team that has a better defensive point guard. There's not many, right? Name a team that has, name a team that guy for guy at that three spot has a better dude than Jason Tatum, right? There's maybe like three teams, maybe four teams. Um, I think Jalen Brown is is a top 10, top 12, two guard in the league right now. Um, and I think Christopher Zingas as a big man, he could, he's very comparable and maybe even been playing a little bit better and a little bit more consistent than than a lot of them in the league, right? I don't think there's very many that you could say are better. And, and I think that collection of talent is going to be too much for the East and I don't really know what teams are going to be able to do with them. You know, I know that people are really high on the Bucks right now because of the Damian Lillard trade, and rightfully so. But I just don't know if if they have the same collection talent that. Yeah, yeah, very, um, very good arguments there. Very convincing, um, David. I know you had them at three, which of course is still uh, a great place for this team. I think we all agree they're going to be a really good team. But um, did you have anything else you wanted to to add on the Celtics? Anything you disagree with Nick on? Anything you agree with Nick on? Not necessarily disagree with him. I just think that we'll need to see them come through. And I also think that this might be an early make or break season for them because, yes, they signed the guy to basically a super max contract or max contract this past year, Mm -hmm. this past uh, offseason, and they didn't make it past the second round. And so I think that... Off-season wise, they're going to be fine, but what makes or breaks them there is going to be in the uh, the playoffs. So yeah. that's the main focus that I want to see. I want to see them get to the playoffs, and then I want to see them actually 
win the uh, NBA Finals. Yeah, I think, I mean, they've been right on the doorstep, like you mentioned. You know, a couple of years back, we're even in the finals against the Warriors, not able to get it done. Weren't able to get to the finals last year. Um, you know, not able to complete that comeback against the Heat. Um, but they've they've been there. They've been right on the doorstep. Um, they've been one of the more consistent teams. And something that really impressed me about them this offseason is even though they've been one of the more consistent teams, they still went out there and tried to improve their team dramatically. You know, they made a big move to get Kristaps Porzingis, which when I first saw that, I wasn't sure of the fit. But then, you know, the more I think about it, it, it seems to just work really well. I was kind of worried about the defense, but they still have Al Horford there, who, even though he is old, is still a really strong defender. Um, and, you know, Porzingis just can can pour it in bucket-wise and has been doing so in the start of the year. Um, when I was coming up with with my list here, kind of between them and the Bucks, I was really torn. I think they're honestly like right on the same level um and kind of the reasoning that I went with with the Bucks is you know at first I was thinking I was leaning Celtics and I was thinking you know well the Bucks you know they have a lot of newness with Damian Lillard coming in it's going to be an adjustment period I was like well so do the Celtics you know with Porzingis with Drew Holiday I would say if I had to make this ranking right now I probably would give the Celtics the edge because they've looked so good so far in the season, you know, undefeated so far. Jason Tatum has looked like a bona fide MVP candidate at this point. And, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, they lost Marcus Smart. You know, they had to do that to bring in Chris Stocks-Wazingas. They've run in what I would say an even better defender and a better offensive player in Drew Holiday. So they're, they're going to be very good. The one question I have is I still am not quite sure how confident I am in, in Joe Missoula as their head coach. Um, you know, of course, he was kind of thrown into the fire last year with everything that went on with Ime Udoka and, and him, you know, being suspended and eventually fired and, and Joe Missoula taking the job. And I think there were some questions around his some of his decisions in the playoffs last year. I mean, a lot of people kind of thought they shouldn't have even been that close against the Sixers, which I tend to agree with. A lot of people thought they should have been the Heat. Um, and it doesn't all fall on him, but that's kind of the one question mark I have. But I, I really think these top two teams are are going to be so good, and I'm really excited to see them. You know, when we get down to the nitty gritty in the in the playoffs, you know, hoping we can see a, a series matchup between them, hoping it can go seven games, and we can just really see these two really strong teams face off. Um, which leads us to our last team, which is the Milwaukee Bucks, um, which we collectively have as the one seed. I have them at one. Nick has them at two. David also has them at the top of the East at the one seed. Um, and, and my biggest thing with them also kind of was that experience. You talked about it with Drew Holiday, but, you know, it was only three, I guess, three seasons ago or two years ago that they were able to win the championship, um, you know, beat the Phoenix Suns. Giannis was able to get over the mountaintop, score 50 points in an elimination game. Um, he was kind of able to show that that he can be the leader and he can do this. They had some some you know ups and downs since then, specifically offensively, which is why I think bringing in Damian Lillard, one of the best offensive players in the league, is just a dynamite move for them. Um, I think it makes them. I think it makes their ceiling so high. Where you know if Giannis and Dame are both having good nights, they could just blow teams out of the water. Um, I think we've seen to start the season, you know, when Dame doesn't have the best shooting night, they still have to figure out where the rest of that offense is going to come from. Um, and they have the places, they have the pieces to do it, you know, with with Giannis, with Chris Middleton, even with Brooke Lopez. 
Um, but I think they're just such a strong team. I think they have the experience. They got over the hump once already to win the championship. You could say, again, they have a question mark in, in coaching. They fired Mike Budenholzer last year. They bring in Adrian Giffen, the assistant um, from the Raptors. So that would, again, be my one question mark with them. But I think they're just going to be so explosive. Um, and, you know, not just explosive offensively, but a really strong defensive team still. You know, even though losing Drew Holiday will hurt a little bit, you still have Giannis and Brooke Lopez, who are great defenders. So that's why I'm really, really high on them um, for this year. Nick, I know you had them at number two. Um, is there anything you want to add on, you know, how you feel about the the Bucks or any concerns you may have um, about them? I don't know. Like, I, I like Chris Middleton, but I just don't know if he's the same guy that, that was on that championship team. Like, I think he's definitely lost a step. And I think – I do think that they're still going to be a real team. I think they'll be one of the – that's why I had him at two. But I just want to see what this Dame and Giannis combination looks like. Mm-hmm. Dame is very much a – I don't know if Dame is a get-your-guys-involved kind of guy. And I really think that Giannis benefited off of that with Drew Holiday. Um, Drew Holiday really wasn't like not that he couldn't score, but really was the catalyst moving that offense and and getting Giannis involved. And I just don't know. I just don't know how Giannis is going to do in an, in an isolation basketball kind of team right now. You know what I mean? Like obviously huge. So there's not really many people that are that size that can move the way that he does. But again, I just don't know what that's going to do for his efficiency if he can mm-hmm. be efficient being like, okay, now it's your turn, go score, right? Like, I think that's what this team is really going to be like. And again, I think Chris Middleton isn't really that kind of a player. And I think Brooke Lopez offensively doesn't benefit the same, again, without Drew Holiday. Like, I think they're better. Obviously, with Dame, you're a better team. But just because you're better on paper doesn't mean it fits. And again, I'm worried about who's really going to be the catalyst in that offense because as good as Giannis is, he's not... He's not a Jokic, right? He's not that big man that can run the offense and pass and really be the one to manage. Though he's he's a bruiser. He's gonna he's gonna drive in, get fouls. He's gonna score. Like he's gonna really make his money from the mid range. And and Dame's gonna have to make his money from outside the arc. But again, when when that isolation ball breaks down, what do they do? What do they go? Do? And I think they're gonna have to figure that out. And maybe Dame has to change the way he plays a lot. I don't I don't know. So yes, two. But again, I mean, if they if it works, it works, right? Like the Mavs are working right now, and I don't mm-hmm. think anybody thought that was going to happen, right? But that's where they're at. So I don't know. They'll have to figure that. Out. Yeah, for sure. I think, like like you said too, I think these teams, at least these top two, I think we can kind of say are in a little bit of a tier of their own at the top, um, in terms of you know really solid contenders for this year. And I think they're they're so close that you know it's almost splitting hairs between who you know personal preference between you know what team you you think might do better this year um they play each other coming up not till november 22nd it's the first game celtics and bucks play each other so i will anxiously be awaiting that game to see you know really how they match up i think that'll be that'll be really fun to see how they match up early on in the season still while they're still making some adjustments so that's our eastern that's our eastern conference um standings just to wrap up we had um from 15 to 1 we had the pistons wizards magic Pacers, Hornets, Raptors, Bulls, Nets, Hawks, 76ers, Knicks, Heat, Cavaliers, Celtics, and Bucks. Um, and again, that that ranking was just taking the average of where all three of us had had them ranked um, and going, you know, from there. 